Welcome to Land of the Free, your gateway to the epic tale of the American Revolutionary War, a pivotal moment in history that forever changed the course of a nation. I'm your host, Ty, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this historical odyssey through a time when brave men and women embarked on an audacious quest for freedom. So let's begin during the early colonization of the British in the Americas. So the first successful colony of the British was the colony of Jamestown, in Virginia, which was founded in 1607. It was financed by the Virginia Company and focused on profiting through industries like tobacco cultivation. The early years were marked by hardships like disease and smallpox and dysentery and conflict with Native Americans. The leadership of Captain John Smith and the eventual success of tobacco cultivation saved the colony, though. Another successful colony of the British was the Plymouth Colony in 1620. The Pilgrims, which you probably have heard of, are, were a group of English separatists that were seeking religious freedom. In 1620, they landed at Plymouth, Massachusetts, and they created the Plymouth Colony. It was considered the foundation of New England, and the Mayflower Compact was a, a significant early document in American history, establishing a form of self-governance. They fleed England in fear of religious prosecution because they were Puritans instead of the Anglican church at that time in England. They were discriminated against because of their religion. One more colony was the Massachusetts Bay Colony, which was founded in 1630. It was also founded by Puritans who were led by John Winthorpe in 1630, who was a Puritan minister. This colony was characterized by a strong sense of religious purpose and community, which played a significant role in the development of New England. It's also the, it was also the host of the infamous Salem Witch Trials, which ravaged because of fear of the unknown. The colonies grew throughout the 17th century, and many colonies were, new colonies were established by the British, including Rhode Island in 1636, Connecticut in 1636 also, and New Hampshire in 1638. They were founded for various reasons, such as religious freedom, trade, and economic opportunity. Tobacco was a big search and gold, for trade goods back to England to become rich. As the colonies started to develop, they noticed that the British started to oppress them. One of these ways, which you've definitely heard, was taxation without representation. This was one of the primary grievances of the American colonists, and the British Parliament, which had no American representation, imposed various taxes on the colonies. The most infamous of these was the Stamp Act of 1765, which required a tax on every printed material, including newspapers, legal documents, playing cards, everything. The colonists of America argued that the taxes violated their rights as British subjects. They had no say in British politics, and but were still taxed. Another act of the British was the Navigation Acts, which imposed trade restrictions. They regulated colonial trade and only allowed certain goods to be traded within England, which limited the economic opportunities of the colonies. England only wanted things like tobacco to be traded back to them so they could have a monopoly on it and sell it to the other European countries and become rich. As a resort, though, colonists often smuggled to bypass these restrictions. The Quartering Act of 1765 required the colonists to provide housing and supplies for British soldiers stationed in the colonies, which was seen as a violation of their privacy and a burden on their resources. Many colonists also believed that the enemy was living right there in their house and they could do nothing about it. 
And in response to the Boston Tea Party in 1773, the British government passed a series of measures known as the Coercive Acts, or Intolerable Acts. These acts closed the port of Boston and completely changed the Massachusetts colonial government, which allowed British officials accused of crimes in the colonies to be tried in England and have a more biased trial, which many would be um, found as innocent. The colonists saw it as an infringement on their legal rights. The colonists had no political representation, and they argued that they should have representation in the British Parliament if they were to be taxed by it, no taxation without representation, but the absence of American voices in the British government left them feeling disenfranchised. The battle that started it all, the battles of Lexington and Concord, on April 19, 1775, began the American Revolutionary War. These engagements were among the earliest military conflicts of the war and took place in Massachusetts. The battles marked a significant turning point in the American colony's struggle for independence from British rule. The conflict at Lexington and Concord occurred when British forces attempted to seize colonial military supplies and arrest the Patriot leaders. This triggered an armed resistance from local militias and set the stage for a broader war of American independence. Many Americans believed that, that they wanted independence before this battle, but they saw this as an opportunity to begin the fight for it. The Americans struggled at first. They had limited military resources, which gave them a huge disadvantage. They lacked a standing army and re relied on volunteer militias who were poorly trained and ill-equipped. They also struggled in financing the war, which was dealt by the Continental Congress. The new American government had to print paper money, which quickly deprecated and caused inflation. They also relied on foreign loans, particularly from France, which added to their debt burden. Not all Americans supported the revolution. Loyalists, or Tories, were colonists who remained loyal to the British crown, and this internal division sometimes led to conflicts within the communities. Some struggles for the British were, were their logistics and supply lines. The vast distances and challenging logistics of supplying troops and coordinating actions across a relatively undeveloped land made it very difficult for the British to maintain an effective military force. Not all British subjects supported the war against their fellow Englishmen in America. Opposition to the war in Britain was significant, and this put a lot of pressure on the government. The war was expensive for the British, and maintaining their global empire while also fighting a costly war in North America strained their finances. Their, the British military strategy initially relied on traditional European tactics. Those weren't well suited for the, for the foresty and hilly American terrain and their style of warfare. British leadership faced challenges in adapting to the unconventional tactics of the American forces, including guerrilla warfare. International involvement with, with the entry of the Fran France into the war in 1778, followed by also Spain and the Netherlands, shifted the balance of power immensely. This increased the British struggle as they had to face multiple fronts and more powerful enemies. A few key figures in the revolution were, of course, George Washington, who is known as the father of the country, he was appointed as the commander-in-chief of the Continental Army in 1775 when the war began. 
His leadership and military prowess was, were crucial in achieving American independence. His speeches and orations provided a lot of morale to his troops. He then went on to become the first president of the United States when independence was eventually won. Thomas Jefferson, who is best known for being the principal author of the Declaration of Independence, which was adopted on July 4th, 1776. He played a huge role in shaping the ideals and the principles upon which the new nation was founded. John Adams was a prominent revolutionary leader who played a crucial role in advocating for independence. He was a huge figure in the Continental Congress, and he later served as a second president of the United States. Benjamin Franklin was a diplomat and a statesman, and also a huge author, who contributed to securing crucial French support for the American cause. His efforts in France were instrumental in securing both military and financial assistance during the war, which eventually led France to join the war. Paul Revere, who's famous for his midnight ride on April 18, 1775, he warned the American militia of the approaching British forces. This event is immortalized in American history. Marquis de Lafayette, who was a French nobleman, volunteered to serve in the Continental Army and was a trusted aide to George Washington. His leadership and support were invaluable during the war. Some of the best tactics the Americans had that secured their victory in the Revolutionary War was guerrilla warfare and hit-and-run tactics. Early in the war, American forces often lacked the training, discipline, and resources to engage the British in conventional battles. As a result, they adopted guerrilla warfare tactics. Small groups of militia and irregular troops would launch surprise attacks on British and Loyalist forces, and then would quickly retreat. They would also target Native Americans that the British recruited who knew the lay of the land, so they would be lost. These hit-and-run tactics harassed the enemy and disrupted supply lines. American militias, who were composed of local volunteers, had a very intimate knowledge of their own territory. This allowed them to use the terrain to their advantage. They used this knowledge to set up ambushes and establish defensive positions in areas where they were familiar with the landscape. The Americans also used siege warfare. They laid siege to British-held cities, including Boston, New York, and eventually Yorktown. This involves surrounding and cutting off British garrisons from reinforcements and supplies, which forced them to surrender. The Siege of Yorktown in 1781 was a pivotal event that led the British to surrender and ended the War of Independence. The Treaty of Paris, which was signed in 1783, officially ended the American Revolutionary War and recognized the independence of the new country, the United States of America. It was a very complex and carefully negotiated document that marked the culmination of years of conflict, diplomacy, and negotiation between the American colonies and the British. Prior to negotiations, the British government needed to acknowledge the independence of the United States. This acknowledgement was influenced by various factors. The British military setbacks and the costly nature of the war, the changed political landscape in Britain, 
with the rise of factions that favored ending the war, and pressure from France, which wanted to see the war come to an end and see England, their longtime rival, lose. The British government appointed a team of peace commissioners, which were led by Richard Oswald, to negotiate with the American delegation. The American delegation included notable figures previously talked about, such as Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and John Jay, who was a lawyer and a diplomat with a background in international negotiations. The negotiations began in Paris in early 1782. The American delegation insisted on British, Britain's recognition of their independence as a prerequisite for discussions. In November 1782, the preliminary articles of peace were agreed upon, which included the following key provisions. The British had to recognize the U.S. as independent. The, the United States would be ceded all land by the British up until the Mississippi River. British troops would immediately be withdrawn from American territory, including navies and ports. Fishing rights for Americans off the coast of Newfoundland, which is in Canada, and a provision for the Loyalist property claims. Nego these negotiations continued into 1783, which finalized the details of the treaty. The American and British negotiators had to navigate various contentious issues, including the treatment of Loyalists and the payment of debts. And on September 3rd, 1783, the Treaty of Paris was signed in Paris, the treaty was signed by representatives of King George III and the United States. Both the United States and Britain ratified the treaty, which marked the official end of the American Revolutionary War. The treaty led to the evacuation of British forces from American territory, including New York City and Boston. It set the stage for the establishment of diplomatic relations between the U.S. and other nations, even including Britain which laid the foundation for future diplomatic and trade agreements today. It was a critical diplomatic achievement that didn't only recognize American independence, but it also established the boundaries of the new nation, which set the stage for the U.S. to expand westward, develop as a sovereign country, and become a world power as it's known today. Thank you for joining me on this journey through the fascinating history of the American Revolution. From the courage of patriots to the complexities of the war, We've explored the stories and strategies that shaped the birth of a nation. As we close the chapter on this pivotal period in American history, we're reminded that the quest for freedom and independence is a timeless and enduring human endeavor. If you enjoyed this episode of Land of the Free and want to continue exploring the rich tapestry of American history, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for more captivating stories from the past. From the Revolutionary War to the present day, we're here to uncover the remarkable tales that have defined the Land of the Free.